dead in that music he was primitive back then that music in 1978 these games on tape delay me trying to uh watch under the covers his mom tries to get me to turn off the tv set as i'm heading into fifth grade the next day i think it was fifth grade yeah so uh you know, i snuck one in on mom she's in heaven right now but i still watch the games mom sorry couldn't do it couldn't let you do it even though i was on tape delay like 1 30 in the morning i'm all right that's <laughs> survived. I don't think I was learning anything big in fifth grade that day. Maybe it was about Roger Williams uh, discovering Rhode Island. I don't know, something like that. But anyway, so telling you like it is here, Dave Scholler, NBA update. Uh, I can't say I'm shocked that the Warriors are here. Um, I thought that the Suns would have given them a great run. Uh, you know, so we'll talk about that today. Uh, we'll talk about, obviously, the Celtics and the Heat. Um, but we want to start off with, uh, you know, some people have gained some uh, – some momentum over the last couple of weeks, just saying stupid crap. Uh, it was great to see Bob Cousy just come out and slap JJ Redick. Who, you know, I'm a Duke fan, but JJ's always been a jackass. So uh, nothing, nothing to shock there. Yeah, Bob Cousy's playing plumbers. This is after he said he didn't care about people over 60. But since CSPN is the woke or slept, as I like to call it, stay slept uh, organization these days, uh, I guess they didn't care that he insulted anybody over 60, which includes uh, Magic and Bird, who. Uh, built the damn NBA and Dr. J and people like that. So it was great to see Coos come out and talk about Chamberlain and people of that nature and how great they were because they were. And obviously JJ is not too bright, even despite a Duke degree, I guess he didn't go to class much, but um, just really, really scary. And, and then the other thing, James worthy to come out the other day and talk about how modern day players just want to worry about their media brand and shooting threes and getting tattoos. He's not wrong. Perhaps uh, JJ will come out and insult uh, James as well. Uh, James worthy is uh, probably about 60 by now also. So, uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, James, another great player, and uh, could probably still beat JJ if he played today. James is probably 60 or 61. He's still definitely beat him. But, uh, you know, so it's good to see that uh, whole exchange take place. I want to see JJ come out and go against James Worthy, too. This Worthy definitely transitioned the, the small forward position in the NBA and uh, great, great player. Had some great battles with Bird, Dennis Rodman, just incredible stuff over the years. Uh, gotta love big game, James. Shout out to Mr. Ramos, who's a person I work with. He's a favorite player, big game, James. If you go down to Gastonia High School, it's a, the whole wall is James Worthy. When you walk into the high school, I've been down there to recruit. Got one of our players down there at Winthrop, and uh, the whole high school is big, big James Worthy on one of the walls. Awesome stuff. But anyway. Uh, getting back to those series, they had the Warriors beating the Mavs. The Mavs, uh, I said this last year, I thought the, le- the last year the Mavericks had the least athletic playoff roster I'd seen in NBA history. And I stand by that. Uh, this year they did improve athletically, but again, we still have um, not a great roster. If you're the GM there, I, I would give you about a hot five seconds to get it done. Uh, you just don't have enough around them. My whole contention, though, and I say this with all due respect because I love Luca, but guys like LeBron and people like that, they have the ball so much. You just wonder if anybody else 
can really flourish. I know if you know LeBron's one with a bunch of different people, Anthony Davis and, and uh, Kyrie and Kevin Love and Dwayne Wade, but they just dominate the ball so much. Whereas Magic would come down, get rid of it, and get it back maybe. But these guys just dribble, dribble. They dominate the whole goddamn ball, make the ball move. And we will give JJ some props. He did point out that Luke is not playing with Hall of Famers, but then you got to ask yourself, did Magic make some of those guys Hall of Famers? Um, if you look at James's numbers after Magic wasn't there, uh, big drop off. So uh, I know Kareem was a Hall of Fame before he got there, but James found himself the ball in many a great spot. Same with Jamal Wilkes, who wasn't doing much until Magic got there. So uh, again, you know, Bird and, and Magic did play with better players, but again, Celtics basically a, a 21 team the year before Larry got there. I know that Cowens and Archibald and guys like that were hurt, but Larry made people better all the time. Luke is a great passer too. So I believe he does as well. So I'll give Reddick a little credit for that, but uh, he's not on that level yet. Has to do it a little bit longer. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's all great stuff, but uh, that series is not a surprise four games to one, not a surprise at all. Uh, then I look at obviously the heat Celtic series, great stuff, great series, a lot of fun. Um, you know, the Celtics twice now in <clears throat> game sevens have had some bigger numbers at the three-point line in their opponents. They had 54 more points in game seven versus the Bucks than their opponents. And yesterday they had 15. Obviously, 15 is not an unworkable number. But when you win a close game, 15 extra points at the three-point line and the free-throw line, uh, definitely get the Celtics an opportunity. Um, and the Heat went to the line a lot. And, you know, a lot of people give Jimmy Butler grief. He cannot give the man grief in the moment. He doesn't have time to sit there and think. I, as a player, would have liked to have think that I would have went to the hole and tried to get one on Horford because it didn't look like the backside had any help. And Jimmy had been getting to the basket. And true, that's not Jimmy's best offense, a three-point shot. But I will say that uh, in the heat of the moment, he's your best player. He's got the ball in his hands. Uh, so, But again, injuries uh, really, I think, is the hidden story of that series as well. No, you know, Tyler Hero averages about 16, 17 a game, I believe, and uh, doesn't play in the series. So, again, I, I feel like if they have Hero – they win that series. I think they, they held on a little bit too long to Max Struess and didn't get Oladipo in there some other a little earlier and a little bit more minutes. Um, Struess must have naked pictures of somebody. They keep putting this guy out there, and he's just, he's, hey, he's not a great defender, although they try to pump him up, and he's just, you know, he's a mediocre shooter. He's not even a good shooter. So, um, you know, disappointed in that, and, but I like Spolstra. But, hey, we all have our moments as coaches and players also. You know, if you compete if you compete a lot and long enough, you're going to have those moments. I just didn't think it was the best decision to – put everything into his hands but like we're looking at the screen right now as we as we get into this next series tatum and brown brown always goes right in transition and wait for someone to pick up on that marcus smart hit a couple of had nine points in the third quarter the other day it was really huge because he hadn't really done much on the offensive end as far as scoring goes he has had solid assist numbers as the screen shows you there but um you know it's it's um it's it should be a, it should be a fun series but that series with the heat and the celtics was a lot of fun uh Thies didn't get any run uh, Robert Williams and Al Horford. You're happy for Al Horford. Very happy for him. It's always been a class gentleman and a pro's pro, something that a lot of people don't understand what that means today. Uh, just a guy who came out and it's always been on teams that probably overachieved probably because of him and his leadership. But yet at the same time, you know, those Celtic teams, the first times were just not great teams. Those Hawk teams are not great teams, but they played hard and they played well. And uh, so here he is. And uh, he said he had a great college career, got back-to-back -back titles there. His father, Tito Horford, seven-footer, played for the Detroit Pistons, most notably that I can remember. But uh, good to see Al Horford. He's a good dude. He's a pro's pro, and uh, we're happy to see that. But as we look at the uh, statistics here for the series, and again, I hate to see that NBA thing, and I hope the NBA injury thing doesn't 
real struggle he had here. Hopefully everybody's healthy. Uh, supposedly Peyton will be back. We'll see what's happening with Iggy. Iggy comes back. He gives you another guy to cover. Brown or Tatum and Iggy can cover anybody. He's uh, if I had a team of 12 guys, I'd put him on my all-time team, not because he's an all-time best player, but I put four guys out there that can cover anybody. I get a guy like him, a guy like Michael Cooper, a guy like Robin, maybe a guy like Tayshawn Prince or Draymond. Put those four guys, have four of those types of guys on a team with eight studs, my eight studs, and then I'll take on anybody because I'm going to have a couple of role players too because those guys can guard anybody. Pippen obviously can guard anybody as well. But if you look back here, uh, obviously not, not too much craziness in the numbers. They have both teams averaging around 111 points per game. Rebounds are about the same. The assists are a little bit higher for the Warriors, that great motion offense they run. Both teams are turning the rock over a lot, uh, 15 a game for the Warriors and 13, but there's not a lot of difference here in the numbers. And uh, you're looking for something here to grab onto. Uh, Celtics shoot free throws a little bit better. And, you know, these, these numbers, you're always looking for something to just to grab onto, but there's not a lot here. But so let's get inside the numbers here as far as, you know, what the Warriors have been averaging in the playoffs. Obviously, uh, Steph shouldn't only shooting 45% in the playoffs, 38% from three, 82% from the free throw line. But he's getting a 6.2 assists, his five rebounds, and uh, he's averaging 25.9 a game, having a great, having a great playoff as always. He's got to stay healthy. And Steph sometimes can get fragile, so we got to make sure he stays healthy. Draymond Green, 8.7. Um, you know, shooting 54%. So you always say to yourself, why doesn't he shoot more? Well, I don't know. He's lost his confidence in that shot over the time. Draymond used to be an effective three-point shooter. Now he's only shooting 26% from three. Again, I'm waiting for a team not to guard him and play him actually at the foul line and just not guard him and clog it up in there and bump cutters and let him run the offense, but bump cutters. Get in and out of the lane, kind of like a hopscotch situation. Get it in and out of the lane and don't cover him. Make it a mental game for him. I love Draymond. He's one of the best help defenders of all time, but I also think he only works on this team if you let him. And what I mean by that is, again, just sloughing off, making him do something he doesn't want to do. He probably still wouldn't shoot it, so it might not work as well as we hope. But at the same time, if you're the Celtics, why not give it a roll? Seven rebounds, six assists. The other thing about Draymond is the lack of discipline in today's NBA. Can you imagine a team 10, 15 years ago not posting him up? Some, most days he's the biggest guy on the floor. Sometimes Looney is. But when they go small like that, I would post his ass up. That's why when people talk about how this is a team that, you know, wouldn't be beat by any team. I mean, can you imagine the Lakers not throwing the ball into Kareem? He would just eat his shit for breakfast. Uh, excuse my French, but he would just kill him. Or Moses Malone or, or anybody of that nature, Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale. I mean, just, you know, but then those teams had discipline to throw the ball in the hole. Uh, Shaq with the Lakers, people of that nature. So those teams had discipline, but Draymond gets away with it because everything is about the three-point arc today. Iggy hasn't played. All right, so Iggy's going to be Iggy's going to be out. Probably, I hope he comes back. He's one of my favorite players. Peyton will be back. Otto Porter's been a little bit banged up. He's had some solid moments, playing well. Uh, Peyton is a big energy guy. Looney's been a great player. I've loved him since the Toronto series a couple of years back, shooting 66%. He's getting seven and a half rebounds a game. And he's not even playing a ton of minutes. He, you just got to love this man. I mean, this guy just plays his ass off. Got to love him. Uh, Moses Moody's really showed some things. And a Warrior play of, player development people have got to get a ton of credit here. Uh, Moses Moody's playing well. He can know he can play anywhere else. Jordan Poole having an excellent, excellent uh, time right now. And he's a difference, I think. He's a, he's a third scorer in a group getting 18 a game. Puts that third guy out there. And he's shooting 53% and 39% from three. And so, for me, that just means that he's not getting enough shots. <laughs> this guy's, you know, he's getting, you know, he's getting his – 
he's getting 3.2 and 4.5 assists a game. So, you know, Jordan Poole is really playing solid. Um, just not getting enough credit. Clay has not been himself. Um, he did come around a little bit in that last, last game or two. But uh, I don't think that they've shot as well. But the other guy is Wiggins. Wiggins had a great series. He's averaging 15.8. Now, this is all the averages for the total playoffs so far. He's shooting 48%, 35% from three, which for Wig is something that he was never good at. Like I said before, I'm telling you like it is. I'm so happy for Wiggins. He was cast out by LeBron, didn't even want to develop him. Another reason why Mike is better than LeBron. Mike made Scotty. Who did LeBron make? So, uh, you know, Mike took young guys and, and made him. He didn't ship him out and played him. Made him, told him how to play, told him how to work. Sometimes got on him hard, but that's what leadership is. So Wiggins has had a great series. He did a great job. Now he's going to cover Brown and Tatum. I assume he'll be on Tatum, uh, but we have to see. And Clay is a great defender. He's a two-way player. The thing is, Poole and Curry, I'm not sure that they can handle those guys. So they're going to probably be sloughing off of Marcus Smart and making the mental game and making him shoot. Uh, so whoever's in the game, whether it be Curry or Poole at the same time, one of them will be going Marcus Smart. I'm sure it'll be Curry to start off, which leads me to another point. The whistle in this series is going to be very important. Is Marcus Smart going to be allowed to breathe on Steph Curry or not? Is Draymond Green going to be allowed to push around Al Horford and, and Rob Williams? Uh, so we'll see. It's going to be exciting to see. It's going to be a really exciting basketball. I think uh, the Boston bench has got to come up big here. We need guys like they need guys like Williams to shoot well. Williams has been uh, had some had a great series versus the Bucks. He's he had some moments in Game Seven again the other night. That's what they need. Let's check out the Celtics statistics here. Obviously, Jalen Brown, uh, 22.9%. You know, six and eight rebounds, uh, 3.5 assists, having a great, great, great playoff. Al Horford, like I said, very happy for him, shooting 50%, getting 9.6 rebounds and four assists for Al Horford. Really amazing. A lot of more for rebounds, uh, 12 points a game. Rob Williams is still not totally healthy, but when he is, he's a big difference maker. He changes things in the shot blocking department. Uh, both these teams are two of the top defensive teams in the NBA. If by some metrics, you'll see that they are the top defensive teams. I'm sure they Media will manipulate that to make it sound like they're the best two defensive teams. Uh, Rob Williams, like I said, 7.8, shooting 64%, 90% from the free throw line, which is really impressive for a big fellow. So when he gets there, he's he's finishing up. Uh, Peyton Pritchard had some moments here, 45%, 36% from three. He's had some good moments. Marcus Smart, who I love, only shooting 39%. So, again, I would make it a mind game if I was guarding the Celtics with Marcus Smart, and I'd make it a mind game if I was guarding Dream on, if I was – the Celtics on the other side. Jason Tatum, obviously, been a world, 27 a game, but they're only shooting 44.6%. I'd like to see that number get up there, but doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, 30, 37% from three, 6.7 and six assists a game. That's the impressive part. Thies has uh, done his, did his really, did a really good job in the first series versus the Nets. Still shooting 59%, not playing as much. Derek White's been good. Let's we'll see if he's, his health was a, uh, he got banged up a little bit, getting eight, eight a game. And Grant Williams, 10 a game off the bench. These are priceless things here. So if you can get these gentlemen to keep stepping up like this, their bench has been very productive. And uh, I think it's just going to be a fun, fun, fun series. Um, like I said, I mean, I really think I would just try to find a way to take away, obviously, it's hard to take away all three of those Splash Brothers when they're out there at the same time. <coughs> you got to make pool pay on the other end, Steph pay. So while they're on the other side of the court, if they're out there together, if you're the Celtics, you got to make them pay by guarding. And this is where the Warriors will go zone. And I've said this for years, and I've said this on this program. I, I don't know why more NBA teams don't play zone, especially when you're playing a team like the Warriors. If you're going to give up a three, no matter what you do, why chase the guy around, exhaust yourself on the other end of the floor, 
to give up the same shot that you're going to give up while playing a zone. At least in a zone, you can direct where the shots are coming from. You could try to pick the side of the floor that you want the shots to come from. You could try to funnel the ball to a certain person. I'm surprised more teams don't go zone. I'm just really surprised. I know they're afraid of the three ball, and I understand that. But even just for a change of uh, change of tempo and change of look, sometimes you could throw somebody off for five or six minutes, and that's all you need. But everybody says, oh, geez, you can't play zone in the Warriors. Hey, Steph's going to shoot it no matter what. Why don't I at least play zone and maybe direct it to somebody else except keep it from Steph? You know, play some zone. Play some 2-3. Play some 3-2. Just direct the ball. Maybe get corner jump shots. Get get what you think after analytics and all these other things, that what you think is available and what you think another team doesn't do as effective as some other things they do. So push the ball, funnel the ball to one part. But you sort of recall I'll do it a little bit more over the years with the Mavs. Play a little bit of zone. You've seen the Warriors do a little bit of zone here. But I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the little cat and mouse game. The biggest change is always between game one and two. Over the years, we've seen the favorites come in, like the Warriors, the experienced team, run out and get game one and then only to get flushed. We saw that in Jordan's first year when he was young guns. The Lakers win game one, but then they just took him right out. Uh, we've seen the Lakers and the Pistons. Uh, when the Lakers had all those guys back and the Pistons came in after game one and bounced them after that. Uh, so game one. Sometimes it's misleading. And the biggest adjustments all between one and two is Sixers got out to a good start in the Lakers. So, like I said, game one to two, people like to panic. And the Celtics have gotten out of the gate slow in both series they've been in so far. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting. The Warriors have not really gotten out of the gate slow here. They haven't really played from behind in these series. And I don't think they've really been tested. Um, I thought Memphis wasn't healthy enough to give them a, give them a tough game. I thought the Dallas definitely wasn't good. I think Phoenix could have beat him and probably would have beat him. But Phoenix just didn't handle Luca, and Luca did all the dirty work for for the for the Warriors. And again, once again, the Warriors benefit from a lighter schedule. Over the years, they've had some great luck, and I love the Warriors. But over the years, they've had some great luck with injuries of who they played, and that's why when they lost to all those guys in 2019 to Toronto, it's like kind of like a, in a sick way. It was kind of like karma with all the benefits they had over the years. They lost their whole team pretty much. But again, they they got a benefit. They didn't have to play. They played Nuggets, you know, with no backcourt basically. Then they got to play the Grizz, who are missing a couple of guys. And here we are again. You don't have to then get to play the Maps, who just don't have enough talent on this team. And like I said, NBA GM has to be all over that. It's just it's just got to get better. So um, if, if he is not all over that, it's um, it's he should really be fired because this team is, you know, just does not have enough talent. It's a total dearth of talent. It's not going to uh, not going to be enough. You find my montage. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yes, Marvin Webster. Next Sigma. Great stuff. Anyway, that's, uh, we're going to check in pretty much every game in the NBA Finals. After every game, we're going to check in like it is. Let us know what you think. We'd love to have you on Spotify. We got you on Apple or on Anchor. Uh, Facebook. Uh, we're all over for this. Love to hear your thoughts. You want to come on? Love to have you on. Love to have people on. It's more fun. I have a picture of all the rest of it. It's very good with the Knicks. They're a very good player. Powered off the bench. It's a stick pivot. Ah, I'm going to love that. Highlights. <laughs> right, so right there. Come on, great stuff. Okay, Kevin Greedy. Oh, my goodness. Great stuff. Looking forward to telling looking forward to the NBA series here. Telling you like it is. Elvin Hayes, the big E. See him out there. Love Elvin Hayes. One of the best players of the time. And uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. I'll cut away. And like I said, we'll see you next time.